Okay, uh, so if you stayed uh, with us this series, uh, hopefully you know that if you are following Christ and you are following Jesus, you're going to be okay. One minute after you die, you're going to be okay. Because when we face judgment day, we truly will be ready for it. The only way that we can do that is if you are following Jesus Christ. Amen? See, there is a great quote in a movie, Gladiator. Have you seen that movie, Gladiator? Probably a lot of ladies don't want to see it because it's all blood and fights and all that. But us, us guys, it's like awesome. You know, when you see the blood just splashing and all that, it's just pretty cool. And when there's, there's some explosions, there's fire or whatever, you know, call me and I'll go watch it with you. Because we love it. My wife doesn't like those, gross, those movies, you know, either. But there is a quote that uh, Maximus said in that movie at the beginning uh, when they're going to start fighting. And I'm going to try to sound like him, okay? I got the accent, so I might pull it off. So I don't know, but we'll see. But he said this, what we do in life echoes an eternity. You know, I don't know if that sounded right, but <laughs> there you go. But he said, you know, what we do in life echoes in eternity. And I believe that this is true. I don't know what you want your legacy to be. I don't know what is going to be your legacy or what you're going to do and uh, leave here in, 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 in the world. But what we do in life will echo in eternity. And let me tell you why. Everything that we do matters for Jesus. Last week, Joe talked a lot about what is heaven going to look like. And, you know, I don't know you, but when I read how, what heaven is going to look like, I just, every time I read it, I get more confused. Because I don't know what it's going to be. Like, in Revelation 21, 1, it says that, I can't believe that there's not going to be ocean. It's going to be a bummer. Where's the, the beach going to be then, you know? I like the ocean. And so... But I know that if God is planning it, it's going to be better than the ocean. Do you agree with me? And to help us understand and be ready, I want to share with you how I think we can prepare for eternity. When I started following Christ again, because I walked away from Him for a while, I was in my desert, you know, I was away from Him. But when I turned back to Him again, I started reading the scriptures and many books about how to become a better disciple, a better Christian, a better follower of Christ. You know, in our Christianese, we call it discipleship or disciple. Okay, so discipleship can be defined as the replication of the authority and life of Christ in the life of a believer. And the reality is that you are the most fruitful in your walk when you are helping others who are helping others grow. The Bible helped me understand how to be a better disciple, a better Jesus follower. And, but also, there is a book that I read that it totally changed, changed me. And I guarantee you that probably, probably you read this book or you have heard of this book. The title of the book is A Purpose Driven Life. Oh yeah, there you go. You, I'm glad you read it. Because for over the last 15 years, The Purpose Driven Life has transformed countless lives. 
selling more than 32 million copies worldwide, translated into 50 languages. The Purpose Driven Life, which came out in 2002, this book tapped the Wall Street Journal best-selling charts as well as the publisher's weekly charts with over 30 million copies sold by 2007. The Purpose Driven Life has also been a New York Times best-selling list for over 90 weeks straight. The book offers readers a 40-day personal spiritual journey and presents what Warren says are God's five purposes of human life and earth and describes itself as a blueprint for Christian living in the 21st century. Using, and this is very interesting, using about 350 references to the Bible. Maybe this amounts to over 1,200 biblical verses and quotes quotes to challenge Christians to live a life of worship, fellowship, discipleship, Christian ministry, and evangelism. And you might think, well, what is all this has to do with eternity? Well, the reality is that what I'm going to talk to you guys about today is what I have implemented in my life because what what. What matters is what you do, the here and the now, to prepare you for eternity. Basically, this book is it's, it's kind of like a, a dress rehearsal for what is yet to come. You are practicing what is going to be in heaven, but better. So the Bible and this book help me understand how important it is to live my life, the here and now. Let me ask you a question, and you can yell amen if you want to, but do you agree with me that God deserves our very best? Do you agree with me that He deserves excellence? Amen. Our commitment to follow Christ is shown and live by what we do and how do we respond to everyday life. Every day. And I want to share with you a few things that I believe we can implement in our everyday life to prepare us for eternity. There are things that I implemented in my life that I believe that God calls every one of us followers to make part of our life. I call it discipleship traits. These things had helped me And I hope it will help you to be Jesus' hands and feet. And that is very important, to be Jesus' hands and feet. I'm going to start, and here's the thing, we're going to be jumping in the Bible everywhere. I'm going to let the Bible speak to us. Because these are things that I learned in my life, and these are things that I, you know, discovered as I was growing in my relationship with God. So open your Bibles there in John 3. Verses 1, we're going to start and following. And it says this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawless. But you know that He appears so that He might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. 
No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. And you can read the next, the, the next verses right there. But in this passage, John essentially is dividing everyone in, into uh, the, everyone in the world into two camps. You're either for God or you're not. You're not. If you're not for God, then you're against Him. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground. You have to come down on one side of the fence or the other. So every one of us here today is either for God or not. And because you're here, I believe that you're for God. Amen? So we either have Jesus or we don't. For you who are exploring Christianity, or you who left the church for a while like I did several years ago, and you're coming back to Him, or if you are exploring what is all this about the Bible and and you don't know if it is true or not, let me tell you one thing from the go. Jesus loves you. And God sent His Son, Jesus, to die the worst of deaths to show His love to you and to me. The Bible says that while we were, that we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, I tell people all the time, and you probably heard me say this before, and I just love this to get people thinking. I tell them, I'd rather live my life knowing that there is a God and find out that there isn't, than to live my life like there is no God and to find out that there is. Amen. Chew on that one. <laughs> you know? In this passage today, there are a few things you might want to consider as you walk and live for Jesus before eternity. The first thing that we're going to talk about is our attitude towards sin. It says in, 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 in 1 John 3, verses 6, No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or know him. See, a Christian does not rejoice in sin, but is rather grieved by it. When we sin, we become convicted of that sin and experience a godly sorrow that leads to repentance. It's more than just feeling sorry for something. It is desiring to and being willing to turn away from the darkness and live in the light. And that's what repentance is. It's like a soldier going this way and he said, turn around and just total repentance and starts going towards God. And... Um, in Matthew 5, chapter 14 and 16, it says that you are the light of the world. The best way that I can explain this verse is that when you become a follower of Christ, your faith is not private. Your faith doesn't stay at home. Or when you go drive your kids to school, your faith doesn't stay home or when you go to work or when you are or when you are eating in, in a restaurant or when you are playing golf no if you are a believer you take jesus everywhere you go everywhere he is right there with you 
Someone say it this way. If you're in an event, like let's say a football, a baseball game, a concert, where there's thousands of people, and, and you are there in that concert or whatever you are, the other people don't know, but they are, uh, they are attending a church service because you are a believer and Jesus is right there with you. We represent Jesus in everything that we do. Jesus is there with you. So that means that your faith is not private. It is public for the world to see. You need to let your light, your light shine wherever you are. Secondly, it's our, added, our, our response to God's word. In Psalm 119, it says, Your word is a lamp, a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. See, so a Christian, a believer of Christ, walks away from sin, is repented, and also a follower of Christ humbles itself to walk in obedience to God's commands. There is a desire to learn what, what God is say, say, saying in his, in his word. We need to learn what is pleasing and right in His sight. And to live accordance with that. So a Christian seeks to get into God's word. Not just to read it. But to get to know God better. To get to know Him. And the best way that I can explain it is like, you know, when I, when I wanted to date my wife, I was calling her. I was wanting to spend time with her. I wanted to get to know her. And that's exactly the same relationship that God wants with each one of us. For you to spend time with Him, knowing Him, knowing what He wants for you to do. Hebrews 4, verse 12, it says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharpened at any double-edged sword, and it penetrates even the dividing soul and the spirit, joys and marrows, judging thoughts and attitudes of the heart. If you keep reading God's Word, and you're struggling in your life with a sin, God's Word will change you. God's word will start in your mind and goes to your heart. And it will change you. So we walk away from sin. We get into God's word. It's a lamp, a lamp into our feet. And thirdly, a Christian is growing in love. A Christian is growing in love. There in, in Mark, Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31, it says... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with, your, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than this. Love for God and love for one another. You, a little later in this, uh, in this same letter in John, he's going to write these words in John chapter 4. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, who he has not seen. And he has given us this command, 
Whoever loves God must also love his brother. See, love is very important. See, all the songs that we sang today talk about the, loves, the love that God has for us. Jesus said that love was a defining, a defining characteristic of the disciples. So the life of a Christian is to be characterized by love. And that love begins with God. God's whole plan of salvation begins with love for the people that He has created. Listen to what the Scripture says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates His own love for us that while we were still sinners, what is it? Christ died for us. While we were still lawbreakers, while we were still sinners, Jesus said, I'm going to go and die for them. You all know John 3.16. In Ephesians chapter 2, 4, and 5, it says, But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in, in transgressions. It's by grace you have been saved. It is by grace that we've been saved. So that love has been lavished on us for a reason. So that we, that you and I, will be called child, children of God. And I'm happy for that. I can be called children, child of God. So how do we love God and others? It says that we need to love our neighbor. And some people said, what does that mean? Or who is my neighbor? Or you might say, Mario, I don't even like my neighbor. <laughs> and I understand. I have some of those in my life too. Or you might be thinking, but you know what? There's so many people around us in this world. There are in need. There is wanting something from me. Where do I start? So I'm going to give you three things real quick that... It is very important. So we walk away from sin, we get in the Word, and we grow in love. And in that growing love, there's going to be three things that we can implement in our life. Number one is you start serving. You start serving here in your church. The best way to show someone you love them is to do something for them. Someone, someone said, people will forget what you say but they will remember what you do. We all have gifts and abilities that God has given us. And let me tell you this, how I know that. You remember that it took so many of us volunteers and people specialized on something to build Christine and Jackson's home. You remember? There were so many of us that went and helped and built that home. And I think there's some pictures right there. And you remember Christine? And there was, and there was a, you know, a lot of people serving. And, and that was this lab. And so you really don't want me to build a home by myself because I don't know where to start. You can call me and I can clean the toilets. Right, honey? 
I'm good at it. But I cannot build anything. So it took our gifts and abilities to go from this slab to this now. I know you can clap. See, here's the thing. This is a good example that just like Christine's home, we are building a home here in Bella Vista. A home of believers where all of our gifts and abilities come together and are being used to build the body of believers. First Corinthians chapter 12, it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distribute them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them and everyone is in the same God at work. Just as a body, the one has many parts, but all these many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. Do you see that? All of us are different bodies, but we become one when we are working, serving together to build the body of believers. Galatians chapter 9, verse 9 to 10, it says, Let us not become worried in doing good for the proper time. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Check out the next part. Especially those who belong to what? The family of believers. See, we are building a home and we need people to serve. And I'm going to encourage you, don't just come to one service. Come to one service and then serve. Because there's a story that I heard that it was this lady that every Sunday she would come to church and start complaining to the pastor about all the problems that she had. Oh, my knees hurt, and I have a legal problem, and my house this, and my house that, you know. Every Sunday, and the, the pastor would ask her, so how's it going today? Well, I got this. Oh, you want to know, pastor? Here you go. And it gives the, the whole list. And one day he said, hey, uh, sister, you know, you want to go over uh, to help us with uh, the cookies and the nursing home? Because, uh, you know, they, they don't have any more people to do it, so can you help us out? I don't know, Pastor. I got so, I'm so busy. I'm so worried about this, about that. Well, come on, just do it this time. Okay, well, I'll try. So she went and did it. And starts, it started, it started uh, making, baking cookies and it started taking it to the, to the nursing home. All of a sudden, he noticed that she was not complaining. And he was like, hey, how you doing? I'm doing, I don't know how I'm doing. I'm so busy baking cookies that I don't have time to think about other things. So see, she started serving and she forgot about her things, her problems. So we start serving, but also we start giving. We give. In Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, and there may, uh, that there might be food in my house. And then it says, Test me in what? This, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough in the story. See, I know most of us don't like to talk about money. I don't either. Actually, my wife and I, we get in a fight when we talk about money. <laughs> I don't like it. But guess what? Every, since we got married, our first paycheck, our first, actually, I don't even see the paycheck. <laughs> 
and, and, but the first thing that comes out of our account automatically is, is our tithing. I don't even see it. One pastor that I work with, he, he, said, he, said, he said that that's the only automatic thing that you can do as a Christian. Do your tithing. <laughs> so, you know, you can do that. Matthew chapter 6, it says, it says this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we need to be careful not to... God doesn't... If you want to have money, if you can have money, that's great. Then you have more resources to use for God's kingdom. Second Corinthians chapter 9, 6-7 says, Remember this, whoever sows springly will also reap springly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So be happy when you give. Be happy. Be happy. So you serve, you give, and then the last thing that I implemented in my, in my life is you reproduce. You reproduce yourself. You model the love of Jesus to others and teach them to be more like Jesus. And guess what? We can change the whole world. Just look at the disciples. The disciples were serving, were giving, were loving. And, they, and now we have Christians all over the world because they started a movement of following Christ. We can change the world. Remember that passage that I, that I talked to you guys about? Mark 12. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. And I know that we believe that God deserves our best. So let's give him our best. We model Jesus. We are ambassadors of him. We represent Jesus everywhere we go in everything that we do. I know that all of us know someone that needs Jesus. And if, and if you don't, then you need to get out a little bit more. <laughs> right? See, here's the thing. We can't take cars to heaven. We can't take jewelry. We can't take gold. We can't take our money. But we can take other people. We can take other people. Remember in Matthew 28, he said, go and make what? Disciples. Go and make this. He didn't say, go sit down in the church and wait for everybody to come. No. He said, go. Go and make disciples. So because we love God and we walk away from sin, we study His Word and we get to know Him better, we serve, we rejoice in giving and giving and we reproduce. That's kind of, and I'm encouraging you, that's what I implemented in my life. There's another passage that I want to talk to you guys about in James chapter 2. And it says this in verse 14. Say it this way. 
What good is it, my brother and sister, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical need, what good is it? In the same way, faith by, its, uh, by itself, it is not accomplished by action, is, de- is, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. See, friends, it's not enough to say you believe in God and God's word, that you know Jesus, to tell him that you love him. The reality of those things is proven by the choices we make day after day. Faith that is real will result, result in action. Jesus uh, said this, If you love me, you will obey my, obey my commands. I like to say it this way. It's not that I have to do things. It's that I get to do these things because I love Jesus. I get to do them. So here in New Life, we walk away from sin. We study God's word. We grow. We engage. We are part of our ministries. We serve. We give. And we reproduce. See, I'm just blown away of this church. I've been here almost seven months. Man, this is going so fast. It, looks, it just feels like yesterday, but it's just been so awesome. And one of the things that I noticed of this church, that our church is a mission-minded church. We support over 15 ministries. Overseas and in here, here in, 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 our, in our area. And sometimes we are torn of who to give, where to give, where to, where, where to serve. Well, let me tell you something. You know, if you have a heart for the poor, guess what? Our church supports that. If you have a, a heart for, for kids that are orphans, that, that there are in, in orphanages, our church supports that. If you have a heart for evangelism, our church supports that. If you have a heart for people in prison, our church supports that. So when you are serving, when you are giving, when you're getting engaged at what we're doing, you are supporting that too. So I'm going to encourage you guys. I don't know if you know or not, but there's a missions, a missions um, TV with information over there of all the missions and ministries that we have. And if you want to talk to about those ministries and what we're doing, you can talk to me or make an appointment. We can plug you in. And here's the last thing. The reality is that we are not of this world. We belong to Jesus. And as we walk with him, love people, serve people, and give to grow his kingdom... That's the most awesome thing that we can do for Jesus. You see, the world is not going to understand what we do, what we do, and why we do it. And the reality is, who cares what the world thinks? We should care more about what God thinks. 
This is John in John 15 writing what Jesus said. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to this world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. See, I'd rather live my life for Jesus than live how the world wants me to live. And that is what is important for us who follow Christ. To take the love of Jesus, to be His hands and feet, to be the light and the salt of the world. And this church is committed to take as many people as we can to heaven. Because we believe that God cares more of where you're going than where you've been. And I thank God that He is a God of do-overs. And so, I don't know where's your walk with Christ today. Probably you've been a Christian for many years. Probably you're exploring to be a Christian. I don't know, but I'm going to tell you this. God loves you, and we love you too. And if you want to make a decision for Jesus, if you want to make a decision for Him today, you know, you can walk up front, or we have a card here, a connection card in your, in, in your chair. If you want to know more about where, to, where, where can you serve, or if you want to give your life to Christ, or if you want to know more about the church, just fill that card and we will contact you. Because here's the thing. The decision to follow Christ will be the most important decision for your eternal destiny.